Hey there, Full House fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Landa, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing right now? Is it going all right here? Um, well, I've decided that in honor of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olson's birthday, which is coming up on June 13th, so less than a month from now, they, how are they going to be, let's see, what year was it? They were born in 86, so they are just under four years younger than I am. Interesting. All right. Now, honestly, I'm going to be the first to admit that I know them, the Olsen twins, pretty much from Full House, but... My movie exposure of them with the two of them together is always going to be It Takes Two from 1995. I never saw Christmas at Grandma's House or um, the Double Double Toy and Toil and Trouble movie, but definitely It Takes Two is a good one. Like I said, this was in 1995. It centers around the Olsen twins. Alyssa and Amanda, they're two little girls who are identical but complete strangers that accidentally meet one day. This movie's got a 5.9 out of 10 based on 19,788 ratings. Let's go through the cast list. We have Kirstie Alley playing Diane Barrows. We have Steve Gutenberg playing Roger Calloway. We have Mary-Kate Olsen playing Amanda Lemon. Lemming? Lemon? Slash Alyssa Calloway. We have Ashley Olsen playing Alyssa Calloway slash Amanda Lemon. We got Philip Bosco playing Vincenzo. We have Jane Sibbett playing Clarice Kensington, who I believe was on the show Friends. Did she play Ross's girlfriend, almost wife, who is the mother of his son, Ben? I'm just going based on that because I've never watched Friends. I'm not really into it. This movie was directed by Andy Tennant. Let's see if he's directed any other Olsen vehicles. There was a Ferris Bueller television show? Who played Ferris Bueller? Charlie Schlatter? Never heard of him. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, two episodes of The Wonder Years he directed. Season 3, Math Class. Season 4, Heartbreak. Cool. Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, the cartoon. So many cartoons based on television shows in the 90s. It was cray-cray. He directed Dress Desperate Choices to Save My Child. I love that TV movie. It's got Reese Witherspoon, Joanna Kearns, Bruce Davidson, Joseph Mazzello from Jurassic Park. What in the world is that movie? Uh, Amy Fisher story, let's see, anything else that it takes to, Fool's Rush In, Ever After a Cinderella story, um, Anna and the King, Sweet, he directed Sweet Home Alabama, cool, um, Hitch, Fool's Gold, The Bounty Hunter, never saw that one, what the heck is a secret dare to dream, okay, Looks like a religious film. There's nothing wrong with that, though. And he's got, like, what in the world is 13th grade? Uh, okay. Interesting. Okay, moving on. Um, that's great, Andy Tennant, that you did all those wonderful movies. 
All right, so writer Deborah Dean Davis, we got some user reviews. We got, oh, let's get into trivia because I'm really interested to see what they got for trivia here. During the horse chase scene between Kirstie Alley and Steve Gutenberg, it can be clear it can be clearly seen that they are indeed the ones doing their own riding stunts in almost every clip of that scene. All right. Camp used in the film was Camp Mini Yo Wee, located in Mus Muskoka, Ontario, which is still an active summer camp today. Can you imagine being a kid? Well. How many kids are going to have references for the Olsen twins other than reruns of Full House, It Takes Two, and the all the Olsen twin movies? Um, Amara Wilson was considered for the roles of Amanda Lemming and Alyssa Calloway after director Andy Tennant has seen her in both Mrs. Doubtfire and Maripal on 34th Street. But she was unavailable as she was doing Matilda. Christina Ricci was also considered but was also unavail unavailable as she was doing Casper. She... Um, how, oh, Christina Ricci is a bit older, I'd say, than the Olsen twins by at least, I'd say, two to three years. I think that she was a, a teenager by that time. And Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were, what, maybe ten at this time? Well, let's see, if they were born in 86, they would have been nine when this came out, so. I don't know, could you see Mara Wilson? Playing twins? I, I could be kind of cute. Um, I mean, I can see that people are like, oh, this is similar to the remake of The Parent Trap in with Lindsay Lohan, <clears throat> which I also saw. All right. Uh, let's see here. Winona Ryder, who we all now are familiar with from Stranger Things, was director Andy Tennant's first choice for the role of Diane Barrows. Um, he was, Reister Entertainment rejected Ryder because they thought she was too young for the role and wanted Julia, Julia Louise Dreyfus. However, of course, she was doing Seinfeld at the time. They wouldn't let her out of her contract. We got Gina Davis, Kim Cattrall, Mary Louise Parker, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, that would be that would be interesting, Sandra Bullock, definitely. Michelle Pfeiffer, Laura Dern, Joan Cusack, Kelly Preston, Lee Thompson, Sigourney Weaver, Susan Sarandon, Elizabeth Perkins, Goldie Hawn, Annie McDowell, Brooke Shields, Phoebe Cates, Nicole Kidman, Linda Hamilton, Helen Hunt, Julia Roberts, Catherine O'Hara, Julianne Moore, Reba McIntyre, wow, <laughs> now that would be something, Demi Moore, Madonna, 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 really, Madonna, that, I can't really necessarily throw that out the window, Sharon Stone and Renee Russo were also considered for the role, um, let's see, in some network broadcasts of the film, subsequent to the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, Harry Buckkiss line says, yeah, right, and I'm Princess Di, was edited out. Well, that makes... Um, John Candy was first considered for the role of Vincenzo. Now, that would have been something I would want to see. Sadly, though, he passed away before filmmakers could even ask him. So they had Danny DeVito, Joe Pesci, Bob Hoskins... Harvey Keitel, Rowan Atkinson, who everyone knows as the Bean, Lawrence Turney, don't know him, Charles Grodin, you of course know from Beethoven, Christopher Walken, now that would have been something, um, Patrick Stewart, uh, 
Gerard de Perdu, Paul Rubens, of course we know him as Pee Wee Herman, Dick Miller, um, Gene, Mil uh, Gene Wilder, uh, Mr. Uh, Willy Wonka himself, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Rod Steger, Phil Collins, Jack, Nichol Jack Nicholson as Vincenzo. Um, okay, that would be different, to say the least. Um, Christopher Lloyd, oh my goodness, wow, would that have been a something. Many of the plot points are taken from Mark Twain's story, The Prince and the Pauper, because in that story, the boys in that story are not related, just like Alyssa and Amanda are not related, they're not of the same, d d same DNA in any way, shape, or form. They're like, you could, could you call them doppelgangers? They could be doppelgangers. How many people that go around in the world have had someone say at least, like, oh, you look like so-and-so. I swear I met somebody who looked just like you. One time I went to the circus when I Jeremy and I were dating, so I was, like, 20, 21. And this guy's like, oh, you look like someone I know that goes to my church. Um, And something about, like, my mom, I'm like, my mom's dead. So, um, I'm definitely not the person you're thinking of. Shannon Doherty. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. This is a leap. What's considered, <coughs> excuse me, I've got a cough. <coughs> my goodness. What's considered for the role of Clarice Kensington. Oh, uh, seeing her as like Brenda Walsh. <laughs> I, it's not too far fetched here. Um, <laughs> but she turned it down because she was busy shooting ball rats. Tori Spelling. Oh, oh, ha, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Not Tori Spelling. No way. Thankfully, <laughs> the producers of Beverly Hills 90210 wouldn't let her out of her contract. Uh, no way and holy who would I be um, wanting to see this movie if Tori Spelling is uh, playing Clarice Kensington. That is just a definite no. And the same goes for Shannon Doherty. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd say Shannon Doherty, yes. Tori Spelling, no way. In the frozen tundra, would I want to see that? Ron Howard was first approached to direct, but he turned it down. Okay, because he was directing Apollo 13. That's awesome. Uh, they had Les Mayfield, never heard of him. Chris Columbus, of course, Harry Potter, Mrs. Doubtfire, Amy Heckerling, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Look Who's Talking, Clueless, Penny Marshall, you know, of big fame, which I definitely want to get on that for the podcast at one point. Gary Marshall, both, of course, have passed on. Um, some of these other names I don't recognize at all were also considered too direct. Film was titled after the song It Takes Two by Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston, which was also featured in the closing credits. Steve Gutenberg and Philip Bosco appeared together in Three Men and a Baby. Oh, yeah. Kirstie Ellie plays a character named Diane, which is also the name of the character she replaced on Cheers, when she, who was played by Shelley Long. Okay. Um, okay. When Amanda is first mistaken for Alyssa at the Callaway house, she, she refers to Vincenzo as Lurch. This is a reference to the Adams family, with Lurch being the name of the tall, scary butler. <clears throat> so here are some of the people that were up for the role of Roger Callaway. Let me th know if you think any of these names would have, if you can picture any of these people. 
in the role of Roger Calloway, aside from Steve Gutenberg. We have Steve Martin, Kurt Russell, Tim Matheson, Rick Mur- Rick Mur- Tim Allen, Mr. Tim Taylor. I don't know. So Rick Moranis, uh, Pierce Bronston, Jim Belushi, Harrison Ford, Dan Aykroyd, Robin Williams, Tom Selleck, Mel Gibson, Martin Short, Jeff Goldblum, Tom Hanks, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid would later be in the um, Parent Trap remake. So Bill Paxton, John Travolta, Stephen Collins. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Mr. Seventh Heaven himself. No, thank you. Dylan McDermott, Griffin Dunn, Hugh Grant, Chevy Chase, Sam Neill, Michael Keaton, Richard Drivers, Bill Murray, John Goodman, Alan Thicke, Brian Cranston, Gary Oldman, John Ritter, Bruce Willis were all considered for the role of, let's see, who I would think. Okay, I could see John Ritter, definitely. Um, Let's see who maybe I could also picture in that role. Um... Maybe Bill Paxton? Um, I don't know about Robin Williams. I mean, he did good in Mrs. Doubtfire, but uh, Dan Aykroyd, I just see him, and I see Veda's father from My Girl. Um, Pierce Bronston is just too uppity. Uh, Tim Allen, of course not, because he was doing um, Home Improvement at the time. Rick Moranis, other than Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the, those movies. The only other fatherly role I'd seen him in would have been Little Giants. So, yeah. Let's see. Ernie Grundwald, who plays Harry Buttkiss, goes on to work with the Olsen twins in the television show Two of a Kind. Uh-huh, right. Kirstie Alley and Steve Gutenberg had both pre- previously worked with Ted Danson on Cheers and in Three Men and A Little Baby and its sequel, respectively. Here's a line that gets repeated in the movie by both Diane and Amanda. You know, the, I really thought it, you know, I really thought it was the can't eat, can't sleep, reach for the stars, over the fence, World Series kind of stuff. And she's referring to one of those once-in-a-lifetime romance, like, how you know, like, the person's the one, you get these feelings, the, where you can't eat, can't sleep, you reach for the stars, over the fence, World Series kind of stuff. Yeah. The taglines for this movie, two identical strangers, two different worlds, one perfect match. And that last one is, when it comes to making the perfect match, two heads are better than one, especially if they look exactly alike. See, it was released on November 17th, 1995, so just around time for the holiday season. That's cool. Uh, opening weekend, 5,564,147. Gross, 19,474,589. Worldwide, this is pretty much the same amount. Gotcha. It doesn't even say how much it took to make the movie, but that's all right. Looks like this was pretty much mostly filmed in Canada and a scene in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, cool. So, of course, just to want, I just want to let you know that for the purposes of this being a full house geared movie review, this is going to be a clean movie review. So, but it will be available on the Oh My Land of Holy Chalupas podcast, the Punky Power podcast, and of course the Wonder Years podcast. Before I fully get into reviewing the movie, I want to let you know if you're a newbie where you can find the podcast to listen to. You go to iTunes, 
you go to SoundCloud, you go to Podbean, search either the Full House podcast, Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Um, also the same with the Punky Power podcast and the Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast. You type those in, that's where you're going to find this movie review. If you're looking to follow along with the podcast for the Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast, on Facebook, just type in Full House Podcast. The podcast will pop up in the search bar. On Instagram, it's OMHCFHFH Podcast or OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. And Twitter is OMHC Full House. So a little bit real quick in my history with the movie. I've seen it multiple times. Uh, the last time I, I swear I saw it, I watched it last year. My husband and I just had the f- <laughs> fun time rid- ridiculing the heck out of this film. Just uh, so much. It just. I mean, I like it and stuff, and I liked it as a kid, but now it's just I see it for the funny cornballishness that it is. And I loved Kirstie Alley as an actress. Really enjoy her. Steve Gutenberg. I've never seen any of the Police Academy movies, but Jeremy quotes them verbatim all the time. And of course, like I said, the Olsen twins, uh, it's mainly going to be Full House, this movie. And I never watched their Two of a Kind or that other show they were on. I can't even think of it. Or any of the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen adventures or any of that stuff. So, this is pretty much it. This and Full House. Um, A lot of the movies I didn't go see in the theater, I was able to see through my Aunt Debbie and her kids. She would always be buying uh, the movies, and I would be checking them out there. So... And I, I do remember one time at my uh, Uncle Carl and Aunt Roxy, Roxy's house, I stayed the weekend, and me and her kids were watching It Takes Two and just laughing our heads off. We always had our funniest parts that we laughed the hardest and rewound over and over and over again. But all right, guys, without further ado, I am ready to jump into It Takes Two. Hey, that rhymed. <laughs> that was not planned. All right, let's do this. I will be watching the movie via Netflix, so if you guys want to join along, hop on Netflix and watch it with me, you're more than welcome to. So, we are kind of getting cutbacks between Alyssa's character playing Chopin, or Chopin, at a, a concert hall for her school, and we are cutting to Amanda, who lives in, I'm guessing, Brooklyn, New York. She's got a bit of an accent, which... Alyssa also ends up having a little bit of an accent, but it goes away over time. Like maybe the Olsen twin, it was too much. She didn't want to have to commit to that, so they probably didn't even bother. It's like, yeah, even with um, the Brooklyn accent with Amanda kind of cuts in and out here and there. So it's like, eh, it's a bit much. Just the kids can do the lines. You don't got don't bother with an accent for too long. That's that's too much. So it looks like Amanda is outside with other kids. I I need to get this um out now. Amanda is I'm guessing she's um a parentless child. Uh, if you want to even go so far as to call her an orphan, she's playing stickball with other orphans in the street. 
So we see Amanda is definitely a tomboy. She's got the um, New York Yankees cap turned around backwards. She's chewing gum. She's got a Band-Aid on her finger. Definitely a tomboy. Like, you can't get any more. I mean, granted, she's wearing a dress, but she's being forced to wear a dress. So, so looks like Alyssa won her piano recital, and Amanda, of course, is getting screamed at by Diane, saying, I didn't want you playing ball in that dress. And Amanda's like, hey, I ain't gonna hurt the dress. It'll be fine. Just let me smack this ball downtown. Let me hit a home run. All right. So Diane's like, all right, you got about 10 seconds, which is the amount of time it'll take me to get from the second floor to the outside. So, and Amanda's like, hey, all right, Frankie, look, I got to head to Staten Island, so let's, like, finish up here. So Frankie's like, oh, my gosh, look, you're going to miss camp. You're going to miss the bus. And Amanda's like, hey, it's just a look-see. And, of course, we hear about the butt kisses all the kids know about this family like oh my gosh have you ever met those people they collect kids <laughs> and then they start like oh man the butt kiss amanda butt kiss of course they end up have the name butt kiss because so many jokes yeah it's like they'll take anybody and even rejects like you it's like shut your face kid or i'm gonna slam this stick ball into your face so she pretty much hits a home run, and, uh, oh no, he gets her out once she gets into the car, uh, the taxi. But it's funny, because we got three guys on lawn chairs just hanging out, watching the stickball game between these kids. They're probably pace, placing bets on them as well. I wouldn't be surprised. So the place that they stay at is the East Side Children's Center. And I guess one, for one week at, um, during the summer, the kids get to go to camp, which is funded by um, Steve Gutenberg's estate. Or his, I guess it was made in his wife's name. Like, she wanted uh, a place for kids to be, underprivileged kids to go to camp. Well, it turns out when she and Diane get into the cab, the, the window's down on Amanda's side, and Frankie, like, puts his hand, the ball, like, and tags her out because she never reached home base. Like, you're out, we win! Like, I'm gonna kill you, Frankie! So, they arrive in the neighborhood of the Butt Kisses, and it's, the area is not the greatest place. I mean, it's not like they got mattresses on the front lawn or uh, cars up on blocks or anything like that. But, um, yeah... Amanda does not want to go through this. I can't blame her. I mean, once you see the butt kisses, you're like, I would not give any child to this family. I don't care. They're just... You'll find out later about their motive for taking in so many kids. So Diane's, like, trying to make it sound better than Anne's. Like, oh, it's not as bad as it looks, and you don't want to stay an orphan forever. And Amanda's like, well, why don't you adopt me? And apparently they won't let Diane adopt Amanda based on her salary? Are you kidding me? Is she working for pennies? <sighs> but you'll let the butt kisses adopt a hundred children and never check into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why are they trying to give Diana accent? She's like, you deserve a mother and a father. Like, stop it! Uh, ugh! It's as cringeworthy as Amanda's broken Brooklyn accent that she loses halfway through the movie. And Amanda's like 
so get a husband. <laughs> and Diane's like, it's not that easy. It's not as simple. It's not as black and white as you're trying to make it out to be. So this is where we get the whole over the moon, can't eat, can't sleep, over the fence, World Series kind of stuff, romance that she's looking for. Diane says she's got standards, and Amanda's like, yeah, so do I. And it says, let's blow off these people. And, of course, before they get to the door, it's like, all right, I want your gum out of your mouth, and I want your head off your head. And also... Come on now. Let's look presentable at least. So this is 95. This is two years out from uh, her finishing up, uh, Kirstie Alley fi finishing up the uh, Look Who's Talking trilogy. Because uh, the last one would have come out in 93. And she levels with Amanda like, look, I know these people have a stupid name. But just be nice and put on a smile. And of course Amanda like puts on a big fake smile. And Diane's like, come on, sell it, girl. Okay, I gotta play this clip because these people are just, they are just weird, like, beyond level. I would not leave any child in their possession ever because they're just full-on creeps. And the way they, like, peek through the blinds after Diane, like, knocks on the door is just like, okay, my, uh, alarm bells are going off, red flags are going up. <laughs> what a pretty little dress. What? And your father sends a humor. Are you sure those two aren't siblings? <laughs> Diane is like these people are just they're freaky looking. Even Diane's like looking at him like uh you know what, Amanda, uh I just forgot. We gotta go back to the, uh, child care center. <laughs> yeah, you were right. We, we can't leave you with these people. Because they're like, oh my gosh, they have your mother's smile and your your father's sense of humor. And so like, ugh. ugh. I'm just grossed out just looking at these two freaks. They are just hideous human beings. And their behavior also matches that so if they weren't like like if they look like that and they just were nice people i would not say anything horrible about them but i have to speak so it looks like they live in either a townhouse or some form of a duplex because there's another house on the other side another uh residence on the other side of uh the porch there now we're gonna cut to Alyssa, and she's got her own private jet calway cellular i'm guessing her dad works for, owns a phone company or something. I mean, this is 95. I mean, I'm sure cell phones were around, but they're nothing like what they are today. Like, you can't text on them. If anything, you probably get really terrible reception with a voice cutting in and out. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. So, Alyssa gets off the plane, and she's got her trophy for her piano recital. And she's a little disappointed when she sees Vincenzo picking her up and not her father. It turns out her father had some work stuff that kind of delayed him, so. 
So it looks like he's opening, her dad's opening up the summer house that they haven't been to in years, and she kind of wonders why, and Vincenzo's lips are sealed. He's not going to talk. He he knows why uh, her dad is opening that house, and I don't think that Alyssa's going to like the answer when she finds out. Alyssa just assumes it's a welcome home party for her, and Vincenzo's like, I didn't say that exactly. Don't uh, start uh, jumping for the moon yet. So we're going back to New York with the kids. I think they're actually in the same state. Um, are getting on the bus to go to camp. And Diane notices that Amanda's not on the bus. And it's like, oh, for heaven's sake. And her friend, will later learn whose name is Carmen, says Amanda is not going to camp. So, Diane's a little surprised, because the kids, they all like to go to camp. It's the one time a year, once a year, that they get to go and just have fun. So, what bug is up this girl's butt? I think it's the fact that she doesn't want to go to the butt kisses, which, who can blame her? No, those people don't need to have children. They're, that's just, they're, they're evil, evil spawn human people that should not exist. In this, on this, they're fictional people. They're not real, thank goodness. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she pretty much hit the nail on the head with the real reason of why she doesn't want to go. Because she doesn't want to go to the butt kisses. Because Diane's like, oh yeah, I sent the bus ahead. And of course she's like, no, I actually didn't send the bus. He's like, I'll bet you $50 you didn't. And Diane's like, okay, I didn't. But I will, and then you and I can sit here until you tell me what's really wrong. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to the butt kisses either. It's like, well, there we go. You're grousing because you don't want to go there. You're going to camp. You should be not worried about the butt kiss situation. Just have fun with your friends. So in 95, am I getting the impression from this movie that adults did not want to adopt children that were under the age of 10, that were kind of heading into the double digits, they would rather have babies because it's easier, and that way you're not dealing with a, children, a child that probably has emotional issues that need to be worked through? Just, and, and even Amanda's doubting herself, like, if the butt kisses are all I can, all the best I can do, then I think Frankie's right. I am a reject. And Diane goes over to like, honey, you are not a reject, okay? It's just, unfortunately, people usually tend to adopt. And Amanda cuts her off and it's like, yeah, babies, I get it. Someone wants a cute and soft, cuddly baby that they can take care of and mold in their own image instead of a 10-year-old. So Amanda's got an interesting way of how she looks at this. Like, growing up in a group home or an orphanage is just like a dog pound, because everyone wants a puppy. And Amanda just throws herself back against her bed, like, oh, just once I'd like to sleep in my own room. And Diane gets a little real with Amanda, like, come here, you. Are you listening to me? Like, I promise we are going to find you a good family and a great mom and dad. And I... Cross my heart. I'm going to play. I love this scene between them because it's just, she's so real with Amanda. Amanda definitely calls Diane out for, like, you need to give it to me straight. Come on now. We're not playing around here. She's like a nine-year-old girl and she knows the way that things work. And she is really receptive for a nine-year-old. I mean... A lot of the kids, you know, that are in that situation have to probably grow up at a young age. Slow 
Yeah, those kids are still waiting on the okay, bus. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but you still owe me 50 bucks. <laughs> so Diane does promise that she will find Amanda the best home. And of course, Mer bleh, Amanda kind of calls her out like, uh, I thought you didn't make promises. And Diane corrects her like, no, what I said was I don't make promises I don't intend to keep. So I was like, can we please go to camp? And she starts tickling Amanda. It's like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and now we're going to camp. It's kind of funny how the camp bus passes uh, Alyssa and Vincenzo's limousine on the way there. It's like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like they're passing each other, Alyssa and Amanda, and they don't even know because they haven't met yet. So... Vincenzo pulls up the limousine in front of the house. It's got one of those round type driveways that has like a fountain in the middle of it. And we meet Alyssa's father, Roger, and he's just so overjoyed to have his baby girl home. Like, I'm sorry I couldn't meet you there at the plane, but I was detained. So Alyssa's like, I think this house is going to be my favorite. It's gorgeous. I'm like, how many houses do they have? I get a summer house, and it's been closed up for a long time because it actually is um, her mother's who passed away, and he's just not wanted to reopen it up. But there is a reason why he decided to open it up, and uh, yeah, we'll meet that reason in just a moment. Like, ugh! When was the last time he saw his daughter? Nine months ago, when she started boarding school? private school? Because, oh my gosh, you can't be Alyssa Calloway. You're a foot taller than she is. And he's like, Daddy, it's me. So, a bit of confusion here on Roger's part. Alyssa thinks the party is a welcome home party for her. And Roger looks at Vincenzo and he's like, hey, I didn't say anything. And Alyssa's like, I figured it out on my own. And Roger's just looking at Vincenzo like, are we talking about the same party here? 
I'm like, dude, your guess is as good as mine with your kid. I don't know. Well, introducing Clarice Kensington. Ugh. That was me puking. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, Roger, darling, she's gorgeous. Like, lady, you are too loud and you are too much and you're too, too you. Too much you in my face. Back up. <laughs> oh, Roger, she's darling. Uh, listen, I would like you to meet a very good friend of mine, Clarice Kensington. <laughs> Hello, Miss Kensington. How do you do? Oh, what a perfect little girl. <gasps> Roger, I'm absolutely smitten. You and I are going to be great friends. Are you here for my party? Your party? <laughs> Excuse me, lady. I hate her. Sight on sight scene. I hate this woman. She is loud. She is boisterous. She is selfish, self-centered. And Alyssa's just, you know, being polite, puts her hand out like, hi, yes, I am Miss Kensington. It's nice to meet you. I'm Alyssa. And are you here for my party? And of course, Clarice is all like, your party. Roger, I can't believe you didn't tell her. She bends down to Alyssa and says, Oh, sweetheart, the party is not for... And Roger jumps in with, like, It's not for a couple more hours, sweetie. I'll take you inside, and you can get unpacked and everything. And, of course, this leaves Clarice with Vincenzo. And he's like, Oh, maybe he wanted to uh, make it a surprise for her. And, of course... Clarice is like, huh, excuse me, was I talking to you? <laughs> Punch this lady in the face. All right, now we're going to cut back to Amanda and the kids going to camp. The camp is actually called Camp Calloway. Wild, isn't it? <laughs> um, I want to go back to Roger and Clarice and Alyssa. Okay, if I were a nine-year-old and I just got back from boarding school and discovered this woman in my house, who I've never met before, and my father says, oh, this is my good friend, so-and-so. I'd be like, okay, um, excuse me, father, you and I have to have a talk, like, now. Who is this lady? What is she doing in my mother's house? Because she seems to know her way around every uh, everywhere, and, and she's really made herself at home, and I, I, I don't like this. I just, no child should have to be bombarded or ambushed upon their arrival at home to find out that their father is going to be getting married. Like, in the last nine months, he's met this woman and decided to marry her without... I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to consult his daughter about it, but I'm sure it would be nice to be mentioned. I mean, I get the guy, you know, can live his life and whatnot, but it's like, you got a kid, and she hasn't seen you in a while, and all of a sudden you spring this lady on her, not to mention... 
you just say that you're marrying her, no real introduction, probably no mention in phone calls or letters to Alyssa that this woman's even in his life. This is not a good thing. So the kids are going into their bunk houses, deci uh, deciding who's going to have what bunk, and Carmen goes to the top bunk there, and Amanda's like, Carmen, you blind? Check it out. Because Amanda carved her initials, Amanda's bunk, above the top bunk there. And of course, Carmen climbs down and says, girl, what are you going to get a life and just a little snap thing? <laughs> I like the transition here from Amanda to Alyssa. Amanda putting her New York Yankees hat down on her top bunk, and then Alyssa removing her, like, it's like a sunflower type hat with like a big old purple daisy on it. It's just really atrocious looking. So Alyssa starts asking questions about Clarice, Miss Kensington, Kensington, whatever. Like, oh, does she work with you? And you see Roger kind of clenching his his hand like he's nervous and he's like, he doesn't know how to... Uh, Generally, he's at a loss for words here. So you should have been prepared for how your daughter was going to react. Or at least have prepared how to explain Clarice to her. Because she's like, oh, does she work with you? And he's like, uh, not exactly. Like, Great. So, uh, And he's just like, hey, check out the window. Look at that out there. It's Camp Calloway. That was your mom's favorite project. So apparently her mother was into like human resources and human, you know, causes and projects and just helping underprivileged children have a summer camp. Oh, of course, Alyssa asks, does Miss Kensington do she work at the camp? And he's like, who? She's like, Miss Kensington. He's like, oh, no. So he takes her over to the bed and starts explaining about how you've been gone for a long time and we haven't been up to the house since mom died and there's only so much a father can do and you're getting older and I have to move on. It's almost like he's trying to play this as I need a, a woman to be here to help me out with raising you. I'm like, that woman does not want to raise a child. I don't even think she wants to have that woman. She with the seashell, with the with the starfish earrings and the bodice looking dress thing that she's outfit that she's wearing. She's about the finer thing. She's not about having to help raise a child. Just the way she reacted when Alyssa said, oh, are you here for my party? And she's like, your party? Sweetie, the party is not for you. It's for me. Yeah. So he is mentioning about this family needing help. And, of course, Alyssa brings up Vincenzo, who helps out a lot. And he's like, what I think this family needs is... And, of course, Vincenzo comes in to say, uh, you're wanted on the phone. And he's like, I'm with my daughter. Can this not wait? It can't? Okay. Well, hold that thought, sweetie. We'll continue this conversation later on. Just get settled in. Roger, you did not pick well if you thought. <laughs> Where did he find this lady? Did he, like, oh, this lady looks like she's going to be great with my nine-year-old daughter. She looks like she would make a great mother. <sighs> Let's talk about Alyssa's room. This room is any girl that would be into so many dolls and stuffed animals and dollhouses. This really rivals Nellie Olson's doll collection on Little House. 
in the first three seasons. It's just like, good golly, Miss Molly. Woo! I mean, I'm all for Disney plushes. Like, I got, like, so many of the dogs from all the Disney movies. Bolt, Tramp, Lady, Dodger, uh, Dante. Is that his name from Coco? Is it Dante? I think that dog that's got the tongue, like, lolling out of its mouth. Oh! I got him. Um, I got, I think... Patch from 101 Dalmatians. I'm not going to go through all of them. I just, let's just say I got quite a few. And they're all in a plastic bag right now because, uh, yeah, just getting things settled for, for moving eventually and just got to put them somewhere. We don't really need them up on the, uh, so word I'm looking for, um, the headboard. We used to have them up there um, when we had the bed in front of the blinds on the window because Quinn would like to try to get through those blinds and was like no you can't do it but now we moved the bed like sideways so if I tried to put them up there on the headboard they just fall back <laughs> so since the Callaway house has not been lived in for years and years and years of course the kids are going to come up with a story as to why no one's lived there saying it's haunted I think Frankie's like oh my gosh look Buckingham Palace and Amanda's like that's in London, dum-dum. No, it's the Callaway house. And they're like, oh, no one's lived there for years, and it's haunted. And then they decide to um, have one of them go up and ring the doorbell or knock on the door. And it turns out it's going to be Amanda who's got to do, like, I'm not scared. How in the world do they even get I think they have to go through the woods to get to the Callaway house. These two boys and Carmen tower over Amanda, like at least a head and a half tall. So Alyssa is looking through the spyglass or telescope over at the Callaway camp, and we see Diane, you know, playing with the kids. I think they're doing like uh, the hokey pokey or something like that, and they're all having a fun time. And she's like, oh, this looks so fun. Of course, Clarice decides to come into the room that Alyssa's in, and Alyssa hides behind the curtain, only to hear Clarice bad-mouthing her mother, saying, Oh my gosh, they say she had taste, but she has no taste. Once I get married to Roger, I'm going to change everything in this room. All this stuff has got to go. And Alyssa is like, Okay, I don't trust this lady. And she just runs down the stairs, screaming for Roger, Daddy! 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 And Roger comes out thinking, like, I mean, uh, Alyssa's been hurt. And she wants to, like, who is this woman? And Roger's like, oh, she's gonna be your new mother! And Alyssa faints. Yeah, this is what Clarice says. No wonder the woman's dead. She had no taste. I'd be like, uh, I'm gonna strangle you. You don't talk about... If I were Alyssa, I'd be like, you don't talk about my mother that way. And you do not live in this house yet. So, I mean, how do you think Roger would be? What would he say to her bad-mouthing his wife? She clearly passed away because she was sick, would be my guess. Because I'm sure Alyssa must remember her mother even a little, unless she passed away in childbirth, which I don't know. 
Clarice even wants to sell the house. Like, lady, that is not up to you. That house does not belong to you. You are, I'm guessing she's a fiancé. You don't have that power. And even if you're married, you ain't going to have the power to sell that house. So Alyssa makes her presence known as Clarice is, like, saying she wants a bar here, one on the patio, you know, getting ready for the party. And, of course, Jules, who was the party planner, just looks at her like, you have, there's someone behind you. Alyssa is, like, practically, like, <laughs> like, she is ready to take a flying leap at Clarice's, Clarice's throat, which I would be doing the same thing if I were her. I don't think we've ever heard Michelle yell like this on Full House. Whew. She is just, like, steaming mad. If steam were coming out of this girl's ears, she is that. She is, like, really. Because like, <laughs> she's just walked right past Clarice into the hallway and screams for her father. <laughs> Excuse me? You're finally gonna have a real family. And she's gonna be your new mother. Like, she is. Kids, so you don't. All right, people, back to work. Shoop, shoop, shoop. Let's focus on the engagement party. Sure, hope you're right. Trust me, I'm a woman. No. This man is insane. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, he says this. He and Clarice are going to be married next month. Next month, everybody. That is, I can't even begin to fathom. I can't even put my thoughts together. I can understand why, why Alyssa would be like, I'm going to pass out. I mean, the fact is like, oh, we're going to be a family. She's going to be your new mother. I'm like, like, heck, she's? <laughs> I don't think so. And all of a sudden, it's like, uh, I was gonna call him Steve Goomberg. Uh, Roger's all like, "Hey, she she does this sometimes." He's like, "Come on, Alyssa, come on, wake up!" And Cl Clarice, of course, is like trying to like, "Oh, don't reward this tantrum." She, you're giving in to her 
they're rewarding this behavior? Like, trust me, I'm a woman. I know these things. <sighs> Roger, you need to, um, you need help. You need to start thinking with your brain and not the one between your legs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because he's clearly not thinking straight. This is just absurd. I don't know how long he's known this woman, but he looks like he's on a fast track to getting married. And I think that she is doing the thinking for him. She probably even sought him out. And he's so desperate to get a mother for his kid that he'll just go with whoever. Like, you're a woman. You wear dresses. And you can teach my child how to grow into a mature woman who's going to grow up to be spoiled and a brat. Just like Clarice. So, Amanda's in Alyssa's room having a fun time with the dolls and the stuffed animals, meaning she set the dolls up like bowling pins and uses a stuffed pink pig as a bowling ball. And she's, Amanda's wearing like a, ca a sea captain's hat with these big old aviator type goggle glasses. And Vincenzo's all dressed up in a suit and he's like, Miss Kensington says that fashionably late was an hour ago. What's up with this? And apparently the hairdresser is like, hey, look, I'm a hairdresser. I'm not a zookeeper. I'm not a babysitter either. So Vincenzo goes in there. He's like, what in the name of God is going on here? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I got uh, distracted. And he's like, hey, don't worry about it. And she's like, really? Cool. I, I mean, I'm just so glad you're not uh, pissed. And he's like... Sure, don't worry about... Pissed? Miss? Like, what? This isn't the Alyssa Calloway. I don't know. It's like, how much more convincing does this guy need to realize that this kid is not Alyssa? She doesn't talk like Alyssa. She doesn't act like, Mel like Alyssa. Nothing. So he's like, hey, just let Carlo here do your hair and get dressed and go to the party. Now we're going to go to Alyssa as Amanda having her first sloppy joe, and it's like the most delicious thing she's ever put into her mouth. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever! And everyone's like, sloppy joes are normally your favorite food. You're acting like this is the first time one has ever passed through your mouth. So I'm guessing that Alyssa is more used to the finer cuisine of whatever her private school made her for dinner. And just seeing these kids go into town on these sloppy joes, it's almost like she doesn't know how to eat, like, 99% of the world. Or the human population. Because <laughs> she's just looking at everybody like, uh, how do I eat this thing? Oh, I just put my hands on either side and, like, push it towards my mouth. Okay, I'll do that. Oh, my God. And her eyes just, like, they bug out at the, the mouthgasm that she is having with the sloppy joe. The way some of these kids are reacting to eating these sloppy joes is like they've never had food before. I mean, this one kid with the glasses, don't know what his name is. He's just like, I'm eating the bun. Like, dude, calm down. You'll get seconds, I promise you. She's like, this is so good. And Diane just looks at her with a raised eyebrow like, well, of course you should like it. It's your favorite food. And Alyssa's like, it is? I mean, oh, yes, it is. The big, uh, gooey, messy burger. 
And Diane's like, he's a sloppy Joe. Yes, that's what it's called. And Alyssa kind of slips up here with her lingo. She's like, and with darn good reason. And Diane's like, did you just say darn? She immediately puts a hand to Alyssa, uh, Alyssa as Amanda's forehead. Like, okay, you must have a fever or you're delirious because you are not acting like you. So let's go to Amanda acting as Alyssa. She's all dressed up for this fancy schmancy party, which I'm guessing is also an engagement party. And you know that her father wants her to play the piano since he spent so much money on this private school and on lessons. And of course, she, um, Amanda's Alyssa slips up with saying, oh, I'm going to play a piece from Chopin, which if you didn't know, it's actually pronounced Chopin. Uh, I, any any kid looks at C-H-O-P-I-N is gonna think if they don't know it. Chopin! Chopin! Like, chop and in are two separate words that are smushed together. So, Amanda is Alyssa here is playing the part like, oh, so splendid of you to come. Oh, do you like my dress? So nice to see you. And this waiter gives her, I guess Alyssa's got a very uh, refined palate, because he offers her a snail, which I thought it's like something that's on top of something, and Amanda just takes the top part, which I thought you took, I don't know, I've never had, um, escargot before, so, and Amanda puts it in her mouth, and she's chewing it slowly, like she's trying to, like, figure out what it is, she's like, Ooh, it's like really rubber. Like, ugh, it's like a balloon. It's like you can't. And the guy's like, the waiter's like, it's snails, miss. And Alyssa's like, Amanda's like, yeah, good, nice, chewy. Oh, I love how she gives a thumbs up to the waiter, and the waiter just winks and thumbs up at her back as he leaves. <laughs> Yeah! Good guy's got a good sense of humor. That's good. And Amanda can't believe it. It's like, all this money? These people eat slugs? And of course, Clarice comes with her friend. And they're all like, oh, I was just telling um, my friend here, Muffy, or Ma whatever the heck her name is. Probably Muffy. That you play the piano. Would you play a piece for us? And, of course, Amanda's like, no, I won't. Like, And, of course, Clar Clarice, I keep wanting to call her Clarissa for whatever reason, gets right in her face and is like, huh, you won't embarrass me at this party. Do I make myself clear? And, of course, Amanda's like, clear as glass. She takes up her chewed-up snail and drops it right in Clarice's champagne bottle. Like, or champagne pain flute class whatever so Clarice of course when she comes up to Alyssa like oh look who's finally decided to grace us with her presence and I mean it's like oh let me guess Clarice am I right yeah you look better with the mask and Clarice's tatas are on display Boo. So, this lady, who, whatever her name is, she doesn't get a name, I'm guessing. And she's like, oh, Clarice has been regaling us with your accomplishments at the Academy. Would you play something for us? And, of course, Amanda's like, oh, whatever would you have in mind? Checkers, dodgeball. And Clarice in this morning just, ah! Like, ugh. it was not funny. And it wasn't meant to be funny. 
Because they all think she's Alyssa, not Amanda, who can play Chopin on the piano. Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. Her name is actually Muffy. Muffy was referring to you playing something on the piano. <laughs> and of course, Amanda's like, I am It's like, huh, you better tell her I can't play the piano. And that's when Clarice gets in her face like, hey, you better not embarrass me. It's like, whatever. Here, eat my chewed up snail. Pops it right in her champagne flute. So yeah, to make matters worse, of course, Clarice is like, oh, attention everybody, my stepdaughter, who I absolutely adore, is going to play something for us on the piano. And Alyssa, uh, Amanda's like, oh, excuse me, I don't play on the piano, so you tell them that I can't play. And she's like, do I make myself clear? She's like, I already told everybody you would play. And Amanda's like, then t un tell them. And Clarissa's, why do I keep calling her Clarissa? Dang it, why do you gotta have a name like Cl Clarice? I've never seen Silence of the Lambs, so, and I don't ever want to see it. <laughs> so she's like, do I make myself clear? And Amanda, as Alyssa says, clear as glass. Here, eat it, my chewed up snail. And she goes over to the piano like, hey, I'm going to play uh, something from Chopin. But since I don't know Chopin, I'm going to play something completely different. And she just starts... <laughs> Bump, 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 with the elbows and the hands. Bump, 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 Yep. And her, even Roger's like, okay, the, my kid is clearly acting out because she does not act like this normally. Even though I only see her, like, once a year for, like, Christmas. So Roger figures his kid is uh, just begging for attention. She needs a little attention. And Vincenzo's like, yeah, I think she's really demanding that she get your attention here. We cut back to Alyssa as Amanda. It's charades. She goes up there and hers is London Bridge is falling down. And as soon as she opens her mouth wide, everyone's like, oh, it's a song. Oh, oh yeah, I get it. Song like London Bridge is falling down. And Alyssa just like her eyes roll back and she just like falls back. And they're like, what? What is this? And, um... Carmen gets it. It's like, London Bridge is falling down. It's like, that's it. You got it. All right, so we cut back to Amanda as Alyssa. Of course, she's up in her room, ready for bed. Roger comes in and says, hey, I think we need to talk. And she's like, whatever about? And he's like, about Clarice. And you just see her going, <laughs> finger down the throat. It's like, none of that. Look, she was very upset with your performance tonight, and I think you need to give her a chance. Roger, I think you need to pull your head out of your butt because you clearly don't see that this woman is not within her mind to raise a child. Just the way she treated Alyssa, just telling her, like, oh, if you don't play the piano, I'll make sure you never play anything again. Like, physically, like, threatening her. Like, that is uncalled for. I'd be like, you get out of my house now before I throw you out. Don't worry, guys. You know she gets hers. She gets hers. Twofold. So, Amanda as Alyssa here is definitely voicing her opinion as Alyssa in a way that Roger has never heard from his daughter. She doesn't normally... She's not this outspoken. 
And he's like, hey, wouldn't it be nice to have a mother? And, of course, Amanda, as Alyssa, she slips by saying, yeah, it'd be nice to have a father, too. I mean, it's like, yeah, she forgot for a second who she was supposed to be. But Roger takes this as, I'm not spending enough time with my daughter. She clearly is demanding attention. Because she wishes she had a father, as in she wishes her father were around more. So, I mean, even though she slipped, I was like, maybe it is good that he is hearing this. Even if it's coming from Amanda and not Alyssa. So he thinks that she's pretty much angry at him because he's not around and he's working all the time and they don't see each other. Um, I want to add the fact that um, you introduced me to this woman who you said you would be planning to marry next month. Which is a lot for the fact that Alyssa just met this woman only to find out that in a month she's going to be her new stepmother. That is way too much for a kid to process. So he tells her that Clarice is going to be going back to the city to plan a wedding. Doesn't say his wedding. Mind you, I mean, Amanda must know, I mean... Clarice did refer to her as her soon-to-be daughter, or stepdaughter, so, but then again, yeah. So he tucks her into bed, kisses her on the forehead, and as he leaves to go to the, out the door, she's like, hey, I like having a father. So, yeah, this is Amanda's first taste at, like, experiencing what it would be like for her to have a dad, and she likes it. Can't say you blame her. No, you've been without something your whole life, and here one falls right in 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 to your life, just out of the blue, and it's just like, wow, I couldn't imagine my life without this person. So the kids, the boys, decide to play a trick on Amanda, and they place a frog in her bed, and normal Amanda wouldn't have, wouldn't even think of it. Like, oh, it's a frog. Well, who cares? She might even play with it and name it. Alyssa, on the other hand, I think that would freak anyone out. All of a sudden, there's a weird croaking sound in your bunk, and you look, and there's a frog on your stomach. Yeah, but she starts screaming, and the kids are like, the three boys are like, okay, this is not, this is weird. This is, Amanda would not scream if she saw a frog. So now we get a sweet moment between Diane and Alyssa as she's combing Alyssa's hair. And Alyssa probably was very young, doesn't remember her mother, but she's liking these mo this motherly figure in Diane, and it's just a sweet moment. So it's so cute, Diane tickling Amanda, well, Alyssa as Amanda, and it's just a, such a sweet moment, and how Alyssa is kind of talking about, you know, you remind me of someone I know, someone I've never met, and sometimes at night I dream about her. And Diane's like, um, you know, you've been acting a little weird, kiddo. <laughs> I think it's all the fresh air. And of course, Alyssa's like, oh, don't make fun of me. And Diane's like, I'm sorry, but it's just, you're normally such a little tough guy. And it's like, okay, don't tell anyone. It's it's just it's a sweet moment. 
So Diane's like, hey, why don't we go sneak on the boys? Um, we cut to Amanda as Alyssa. Clarice is leaving in a limo to go back to the city to plan a wedding. Of course, she puts her arms out wide, like, oh, give me a hug. And I just love Amanda's face, just chomping on that gum, like, uh-huh. So what does she do? She spits the gum right into Clarice's hair. And, yeah, she won't find out till a bit later. So now we got Amanda spending time with Roger and Alyssa spending time with Diane. Diane and Alyssa are fishing on the boat. It's so adorable. <laughs> and we got Roger and Amanda playing croquet. Clearly, Amanda's never played. You don't, like, spike the ball with the croquet mallet as hard as you can. Because he has to, like, jump out of the way before he, like, aims at his knees, takes his knees out. Yep, Clarice found that uh, gum in her hair as she's looking in her compact. And she's, like, touching her hair. It's like, sounds really sticky. Like, oh, my God! Right, Quinny? <laughs> Clarice is, uh, not nice. What do you think? Meow. You still a girl. <laughs> uh, Quinn decided to come down and, uh, listen to me podcast this movie. We got Roger and Amanda in the pool. Amanda does a cannonball right by the float that Roger's on. I like where the pool is, like, inside, and it's really nice, like, um, reminds me of when Jeremy and I would go to, um, the Oasis, the hot tub place, and where you can, like, rent a hot tub for an hour, and it's indoor, especially when you get, there's, like, certain themes. One is, like, Nova Scotia, and it's got, like, these nice wood beams, almost looks kind of like, um, a Naughty Pine type cabinish feel and it's got like a little fireplace and on the other side there's like a giant fish tank it's just so fun and relaxing we actually went there um i think it was for my my birthday last year got um Alyssa and diane performing a scene from ghost with the potter's wheel not not like that not like that <laughs> but it's just adorable of course we got amanda like kicking up a bunch of water while Roger's on that float, and he's just laughing it off. Of course, Vincenzo now learned that if he's going to get splashed, he may as well just wear a raincoat to uh, keep himself dry. So it's a cute montage that ends with Diane and Alyssa playing the hand-clapping game on a top of a overturned boat. And, of course... Alyssa checks Diane's watch, like, oh, gotta get back. It's almost noon, gotta get to the horse stables. All right, so the girls make it back to the stables, and they got some uh, major information dump here about uh, how their last 24 hours have been. Okay, so look, you go back to Diane and I'll go back to your dad. Wait, why not the other way around? Because you know what he likes 
So, turns out that Amanda says, good news is Clarice is gone, bad news is she'll be back in a week. And Alyssa's like, oh, I thought you were going to run her off. But they both get the same idea at the same time. Like, hey, it's a shame your dad didn't meet uh, Diane first. And then it's like, oh, light bulb over both their heads. Hmm, how can we make this work? You know, if they met, all it takes is one time. Boom, boom, love connection. Happens like that, according to Diane. So, look, I will go back to your dad. You will go back to Diane, because we both know what they like. And we should be able to get them together. When they look at the horse, they're like, bingo, horseback riding, done deal. Solved it. So Diane's like, I can't believe you. Let, I let you talk me into horse riding. And then we cut to Roger and Alyssa, who Amanda is still pretending to be Alyssa. He's like, look at your form, young lady. What happened to those equestrian classes you took? And, of course, it's like Amanda's never been on a horse before, and she's really struggling with the reins, and it's just like, uh, are you asking me a question? <laughs> so I'm guessing Diane's never been on a horse either, but at least she's making the best of it when singing some song that she made up in her head. Or maybe it's the theme song to some western that I've never heard, I don't know. Oh, okay, I know the song she's singing. I'm, uh, I'm riding through the desert on a horse with no name. I can't remember the rest of it. song is from a band called America and the horse uh riding through the desert on a horse with no name so now we come back to Roger and Amanda and of course Roger is just praising just Clarice's amazing just good grace it's like oh she's a great rider on a horse and uh all these other just singing the virtues of Clarice she's not only a gourmet cook, she's an excellent writer, she paints, she speaks four languages, and this means what to a child? Not a thing. She may be able to do all those things, but the thing that she isn't is a good person. So he's all in Clarice land, not even realizing that Alyssa is nowhere to be found. And the same with even Diana. It's like, where's the my kid that I'm supposed to be watching? She's not here. Huh. So it turns out Alyssa and Amanda are hiding behind a giant wood pile of cut wood. They see Diane stop the horse and kind of look around like, where is that girl? And Amanda's like, hey, did you bring, uh, Alyssa's like, did you bring the, uh, the slingshot? And they, um, hit the horse right in the butt. Of course the horse freaks out. You don't ever want to spook a horse when there's someone on top of it. That is very dangerous. That person could... Oh my gosh, I just thought of the series finale episode of Full House where Michelle falls off a horse. Oh my goodness. So it looks like the only way that 
Roger and Diana are going to meet as if he has to rescue her from a runaway horse. laughed at that scene and she's like ah, I'm run away horse. they gave me the killer horse <laughs> so but he helps her out and of course they're just talking and he says something like yeah, I used to be a real jerk on a horse and of course what's he do he ends up hitting a tree branch and falling off his horse and now she's got to take care of him so it's like he rescued her from a runaway horse she's helping him uh, deal with a possible concussion. <laughs> so she helps him up, and he's like, I don't know what's more bruised, my butt or my ego. And she's like, you should have someone take a look at that. And he's like, my butt? And she's like, no, that cut on your head. <laughs> so she finds out that he is Roger Calloway of the Calloway Camp for Kids. The Calloway Foundation for Kids. And, of course, she says she's from Manhattan. My kids love your camp. I work at the um, Center for Children in Manhattan. She's like, all right, um, I'm going to go. It was nice meeting you. Thank you for saving my life. And you really need to put some iodine on that on your butt. I mean your cut. Sorry. <laughs> So Roger invites Diane to have tea with him, kind of for, you know, saving him, helping him out and everything, because he wants to hear about the camp and how that's going. And you see Alyssa and Amanda just slap high five, like, sweet, it worked. We barely had to do anything. Yes, I'm sure that poor horse has a bruised butt. Thanks. So she says, you know, this, your head wound here is like nothing. Kids at the camp invent new ways to get hurt every single day. You're, this is like not even on the scale at all and he's she puts some iodine on his cut and he's like ow 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 and she's like oh ow 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 you big baby and she takes his head in her hands and kind of pulls him so she can blow on his cut and of course it's a little too they're a little too close like they realize like they're really close kissing proximity and I like how he's like oh you like kids and she's like yeah what's not to love and it's like okay this guy's met his match He's definitely met his match. As in a match made in heaven. I love how we cut to Vincenzo's expression like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm going to make myself scarce. Bye. <laughs> he knows a love connection when he spots one. And it definitely sparks are flying between Diane and Roger, even though they don't know it just yet. So, of course, Alyssa's like, I can't see or hear anything. So it's like, we got to get closer because they're in, uh, uh, on the 
iced tea cart, the serving cart, and they're like <laughs> putting their hands out on like to like push the cart closer so they can actually hear the conversation. And Diane's telling Roger how you like you're you're not at all who I expected you to be. And he's like, Oh really? What what was that? And she's like, Well, <laughs> I kinda expected you to be a fat old geezer with who smokes a scar. <laughs> yeah. So apparently Wirt led to believe that Roger came into his fortune by sheer dumb luck. And he's like, 12 years ago, a cellular phone was just something out of Star Trek. Because, of course, we saw on the plane it said Callaway Cellular. So he bought the airspace and Diane's like, get out. That's seriously just money out of thin air. It's like, yeah, he knew what he... He had, and he, he went with it. He ran with it. And, of course, we see the girls are like, yuck, yuck, yuck. Boring, boring adult talk. No kissing, so I'm not interested. Of course, you, think, you notice I don't carry the dang thing because um, I don't believe them. And I think they're... I, I hate the dang things. It's like, uh, okay. So it turns out that Clarice is on the phone and she is at a hairdresser trying to get the gum out of her hair in any which way she can. Clearly, it's going to have to be cut. And she hears Roger talking to Diane. Here's Diane in the background. Like, is there a woman with you, Roger? She's getting very suspicious. He's like, oh, no, it's kind of a woman. And, of course, Diane's like, I'm going to go. And, of course, she's like, no, 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 stay here. It's like, clearly, she feels uncomfortable. And she doesn't want to sit in on a conversation with, I'm guessing this is your girlfriend or fiancé or whoever. <laughs> it's so funny. Clarice at the uh, hair salon while this guy is, like, trying to figure out how to get the gum out of her hair. Like, do you have any idea what your daughter did today? And he's like, gum in your hair? And, of course, we cut to the girls where Alyssa's like, you did that, Amanda? And Amanda's like, yeah. And Alyssa's like, Excellent. And of course, Roger's like, it can't be that big of a deal. And she's like, really? You should see it. But no, I just do this. Her, just, she's so, Clarice is so loud and just, I mean, I don't know what her character is like on Friends as Ross's, you know, ex-wife or ex-girlfriend or baby mama, but um, this Clarice is just loud and opinionated and just... <laughs> How am I doing? <laughs> Do you have any idea what your daughter has done? <laughs> Okay. 
So, aside from being loud and uh and very outspoken, Clarice is very jelly and possessive, and <laughs> the list goes on and on and on about Clarice. I can go on all day. Um. She's like, oh my gosh, is there a woman there with you, Roger? And Roger's like, oh, there's sort of a woman here. She's, um, at the, works at the camp across the lake. And she, oh my gosh, I'm having a crisis and you're having a bachelor party. It's like, oof. And he keeps saying, oh, no, no, I'll be off the phone in a second, Diane. And Diane just leaves, which I would too. I'm like, um, the fact that you call me a sort of a woman. <laughs> yeah, bye. So, Roger's having a talk with, oh, oh, I mean, it's Alyssa, just saying, um, yeah. Alyssa's just saying, hey, look, I'm sorry, it popped out, it was an accident, and Roger's not buying it. And he's just saying how Clarice has been dying to meet you, she's been looking forward to it, she really likes children. Dude, you are a... You are a fool if you can't see that that woman does not like kids at all. Doesn't want them. Doesn't want to be in the same house with them. Just, Alyssa's like, I don't think she likes me very much. She's like, no, she's been waiting forever to see you. She loves kids. Don't you know how much she likes kids? And Alyssa's like, do you see how much she likes kids? And he's like, well, actually, you are the first child I've seen her interact with. <sighs> Roger, you're an idiot. I'm sorry, but you are so clueless. I can't even stand it. He needs to be more of a self-assured man, because I could not be with someone who's not self-assured, incompetent, and is not easily swayed by some money-grubbing gold digger, which is exactly what Clarice is. She's a money-grubbing gold digger. Like that song, right? The Gold Digger song? So Alyssa's like, but you love her, right? And he hesitates, and then he's like, yes. I'm like, I don't believe that you do. You, the fact that you even hesitated before you said yes is, like, convincing me, like, you're full of crap. And Amanda is, of course, throwing out the whole, let me guess, it's one of those can't eat, can't sleep, over the moon, reach for the stars... And out of, uh, over the fence World Series kind of love, right? It's like, no way in the world is this anything like that. I think he was desperate to find somebody that could help with his kid, and he didn't care who it was as long as it had a feminine physique. Like, if it looks like a female, it smells like a female, it talks like a female, it must be a female. Amanda's hitting him right on the head. And the fact that he doesn't want to admit to it, it's like, she's like, okay, so let me get this straight. You're marrying her because you feel Alyssa, I mean, I need a mother. Is that right? Do I have that right? And he's like, oh, honey, I think that's enough questions for today. I'm like, no, answer the question. Answer the question. I want to know. Because you're clearly not being truthful to me, and you aren't even being truthful to yourself. Granted, she's nine years old, but this kid is a worldly child. He's one of those old souls. Oh, and of course, she's like, well, you only have one left. He's like, all right, what is it? She's like, who's that pretty woman out on the patio? <laughs> I'm surprised she's not doing the eyebrow raise, like, wiggle up and down. <laughs> so, we go back to the camp where 
Diane and Alyssa and the campers and everyone's roasting marshmallows like you do at camp. And she's saying how Roger had rescued her, rescued her on a white horse, no less, and how he's worth a million dollars and he, no way he would ever be interested in her. And clearly he's taken with someone. And Alyssa's like, no, he's not. And she's like, huh, how do you know? Alyssa's like, was he wearing a ring? And Diane's like, even if he I mean... He wouldn't be in, interested in me. And Alyssa's like, hey, you shouldn't put yourself down like that. Like, good for you, Alyssa. Calling her out. Both Roger and Diane are very much in need of a social confidence booster. Self-confidence booster. And Diane's like, oh, yeah, he should be with girls like have that have food names like Cookie. I'm like, what is this, Empire? <laughs> Cookie? Cookie Lion? <laughs> Wow. Um, oh, and um, muffin and candy. Instead, he winds up with the uh, Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> no offense to Jodie Foster. And Diane's like, he wouldn't marry. They don't marry girls like me. And of course, Alyssa's like, he did once. And of course, Diane's looking at her like, he, she's seeing Amanda. It's like... How do you have the 411 on this, guy? Is this published somewhere? Because this is prior to the internet just exploding. So she's like, he did once. Her name was Kathy, and she wasn't a food. And she was a teacher. I'm trying to guess, does Alyssa know her mom, like, have any memories of her? Or was this just what she was told? So, Diane's like, oh gosh, that sounds more perfect than I thought. Give me one of those marshmallows, I'm cheating. I didn't think Kirstie Alley was a spokesperson for Weight Watchers. I can't think of, Valerie Bertinelli, wasn't she a spokesperson at one point? I can't think of any others, but I know there's been some, so I don't know if Kirstie Alley was. It just makes me think of people like, I'm cheating my Weight Watchers this week. I'm having that toasted marshmallow. Well, we cut back to the Callaway house. Roger is just saying, you know, asking Vincenzo, do you believe in magic? And Vincenzo's like, you mean Cartrix? And Roger says, no, I mean like sparks between two people. And he says how I haven't felt this way since Kathy, you know, my wife that passed. But I felt it the other day. And Vincenzo's like, oh yeah, well, Miss Kensington. And Roger's like, that's not who I was talking about. And Vincenzo is like, I know, I know. So, of course, Vincenzo is Roger's best man at his wedding. So it's like, hey, can you give me some words of wisdom here to help me out? My conflicted mind. Vincenzo recommends, like, hey, just go for a drive. See where you end up. Maybe that'll help clear your head. So, Diane heads into the camp office and finds out from um, her co-worker that the butt kisses won Amanda, the paperwork just went through, and Diane hops on that phone so fast, she's like, who the hell is this? And she wants to know why an adoption went through before a caseworker's um, notes have been went through and everything like that. Like, you need, like, the approval of the caseworker, too. Before you can just hand a kid off to someone to be adopted, which is understandable. And, of course, 
Diane's like, hey, have you ever met these people? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're sure. Like, yes, I'm sure they're very nice. But listen, these people collect kids. They will take anybody. And I'm not surprised. Why have has no one looked into this? Like, they have, like, at least, like, five to ten kids. And it's like, that is too many that you're just randomly adopt. I mean, oof. So Diane's trying to get through to this person, and she says, look, I know I don't make that much money, and I know that I'm a little bit single, but I want to adopt Amanda. And of course, her co-workers look at her like, oh my god, like, this is news to her. And the guy on the phone is just laughing at Diane, like, it's the craziest thing he's ever heard. So she calls him a stupid jerk and hangs up the phone. So Roger sees Diane who's a bit upset at the news that Amanda's already being pulled into adoption. Amanda doesn't even know. She's like, oh, yeah. And she's kind of throwing it back in his face about the whole meeting slash phone conversation. He's like, hey, I never should have taken that call. That was rude. And she's like, look, I'm not angry with you. I'm just having an issue with one of my kids. And he's like, oh, can I help? And she's like, hey, you can give me your car. And, of course, he's like, hey, maybe you and I can go to a pizza joint in town. And she's like, no, I got my kids are on duty in the mess hall, so I got, or I'm on duty there. So if you want to have mac and cheese and peach cobbler, you're more than welcome to join us. So we got Clarice. She's coming back to the Callaway house. And the actress is wearing this horrendous, disgusting wig. It makes me want to puke. And she's just getting bridesmaids. She's telling her assistant Bernard it's her wedding. Get me whatever. It doesn't matter the cost. All right, now we're in the mess hall. The kids are all hungry. They're doing the clap, clap, slam on the table. And Diane's asking Roger, like, when was the last time you ate here? And he's like, well, not since my wife passed. And Diane's like, passed? And he's like, yeah, she passed when Alyssa was born. Okay, so then Alyssa does not know her mother. She's only heard stories about who she is and what she did. So we got Amanda looking in to the mess hall from outside. And, of course, Alyssa is looking from inside the kitchen into the mess hall. Just they're watching the interaction between Diane and Roger. The love connection... And uh, Carmen grabs Alyssa by the arm and says, hey, look, or Alyssa is Amanda, and says, hey, Diane wants to see you. And it's like, no, you don't want to go see her because she's with Roger. Roger takes one look at her and is like, this is my kid. And it's just, so luckily she grabs a ginormous chef's hat, which he puts on at the last minute. And Diane's like, oh, take that off and meet Mr. Calloway. And, of course, she's like, no, 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 no. And, of course, it's like, ah, no, let her leave it on. It's fine. So, Diane's about ready to yank that chef's hat off of her head. When, of course, more big metal bowls of mac and cheese are coming out. And Alyssa trips the guy and the metal bowl of mac and cheese goes right on Roger's head. And then guess what? It's a food fight. 
Everyone's just flinging food, throwing food, and of course, Roger and Diane are going to go into the lake to get all the bits of food off of them. And it's like a romantic swim. And while they're having this beautiful love connection in the lake, um, Clarice has already made it back to the Callaway house. She's looking through the telescope and sees Roger and Diane just having a fun old time dunking each other under the water. And she's just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? My husband, my soon-to-be husband's going to cheat on me. So the way that Roger gets Diane in the water, he fakes a cramp and she jumps in to rescue him. And he does it, comes out and does a cannonball into the water. And it's just, it's adorable. Two adults acting like love-struck teenagers. So, of course, Vincenzo's the one who sees them first through the telescope. Clarice comes in, asks where Roger is, like, oh, he's out. He's out doing stuff. And she, of course, is like, oh, since you're, like, the butler, you can get me a Diet Coke with lime. Or was it a Diet Pepsi? Diet Coke. Well, hey, we have that in common, but that's the only thing. And, well, we both have one here. But I don't want to say I have anything else in common with Clarice because I don't like her. The kids foiled their own love connection plan between Diane and Roger by knocking all those canoes over. They were about to kiss. Of course, he sna- Roger snaps out of it immediately. Like, oh, I, um, Miss Kensington, I gotta get back to her. It's like, yeah, you do. Because you're getting married next week or at the end of the month or whatever. So even Diane, when she's getting out of the water, she says that I felt I thought it was there, a love connection, you know, a spark between us, but maybe I was wrong. It's like, no, you're not wrong. It's just I'm getting married. So, of course, he runs home. He's all wet and sopping. And Clarice is there after he takes a shower. It's like, what are you doing here? I didn't expect you home for, or here for hours. And she's all up on him. Like, oh, my gosh, let's get married tomorrow. It's like, what is the rush? She feels like, oh, my gosh, you're going to lose him to this lady. I love when he sees, like, your hair, your hair. <laughs> like, yeah, her hair is atrocious times a billion. It's like somebody just went after her head, her hair with a set of uh, hedge clippers or a weed whacker. It's just, it's all over the place. And it's like the worst wig. It's like someone cut all their hair off and it started growing back in weird, different different spots on the in in patches basically it's like she was only gone for 24 hours he's like oh my gosh i was miserable the whole time i couldn't think of anything but you and oh my gosh let's get married tomorrow because uh, an entire month is just too far away so she he's like crawling like crab like back on the bed and she's like getting all up in him and she's like girl back off he looks like he's freaked out by her i think it's the hair and just like she is too coming on too strong she's like what's wrong with tomorrow and he's like tomorrow and i'm like i can think of a billion things that are wrong with tomorrow a lot of them whose money is she spending she ain't spending his money clearly she's spending her daddy's money and she's like, oh, you haven't said a word about my hair. And she's like, bottling the bottom of her hair. And I'm like, it sucks. I hate it. Let's move on. 
So Alyssa and Amanda are on a bridge kind of constructing their own letters to Diane from Roger and to Roger from Diane to meet around where we met with the horses and everything. So Diane gets the letter. She's so excited. And Amanda's putting the letter where Roger can see it. But, of course, who surprises her but Clarice. Like, oh, what? No big hug. And Amanda's like, you're not supposed to be here. I would slap Clarice around uh, across the face. Because Amanda's like, you're not supposed to be here. And Clarice is like, yeah, in a perfect world, and neither are you. Like, ugh, get out of my house. Why the heck isn't Roger ever around to hear what she's saying to, um... Supposedly Alyssa, because that would not stand. Money grubbing gold digger. So I'm guessing Clarice says something about going into the city, you need to get packed. Most likely because that's where uh, the wedding's taking place in Manhattan or New York or wherever. And I've said this many times, I'll say it again. Chokers don't look good on any person. They're just the fact that they were even a thing in the 80s and 90s. With Clarice wearing one, it just looks atrocious. <laughs> and she even says by Alyssa's age, by age 9, she'd already been through three stepmothers. So she knows what little girls will do to keep daddy all to themselves. Clarice, the, <laughs> the lady who plays Clarice is hilarious. I'm going to play this Yeah, yeah. Who says you're going to... Did she say tomorrow? Yeah, she sounds like, Alyssa, Alyssa, don't be rude. I'm talking. No, where was I? Like, you dumb dumb. <laughs> she says that she's planning to send Alyssa to a boarding school in Tibet. I can see Roger having a hundred things wrong with that. He would never send his kid to a boarding school in any... Like, come on now. So, of course, Diane is there where they met with the horses, and she's just coming up with all these things about what to say to Roger. Like, oh, he's worth $20 billion, he's cute, he's got a fiancé, and this and that. Finally, she figures he's not coming and just gives up and leaves, because he never got the letter. So Alyssa's calling for Amanda, hey, we're missing the fireworks. Of course, we have Diane's co-worker, along with some Van Dyke lady from Children's Services and the Butt Kisses, who have come to take Amanda away. This is absurd and completely wrong. And Mrs. Buckets is like, oh, come to Mama, sweetheart. And you just see Alyssa's face is just like, what is this? Because she has no idea about the butt kisses. And once Diane gets back, she f gets back to seeing Alyssa being carted off by the butt kisses in a car. It's like, hey, Diane, help me. And it's like, Diane hightails it back to um, the cottage uh, the cabin office and it's like give me your keys like it's a company car shut up now we cut back to roger clarice and amanda who's Alyssa, and we see roger and vincenzo trying to shove 
Amanda into a car. She's like, my name's Amanda. And Roger's like, Alyssa, that's enough. Like, I feel so bad for Alyssa. She doesn't know what's happening. And she's trying to, like, get out the van while it's moving. Diane, help me, help me. It's like, get her brakes for this kid. Yeah, Diane really lays into her coworkers. Like, you were supposed to protect her. And they're like, where were you? We couldn't find you anywhere. They had the paperwork. And, of course, Diane's like, or, or her co-worker's like, what was I supposed to do, lie down in front of the van? And Diane's like, I would. And she grabs the keys and says, I'm taking the Jeep. And the guy's like, it's the company, it's the camp's Jeep. So apparently someone on the radio is saying, stay out of Midtown, socialite Clarice Kensington is finally landing her van. So there's going to be traffic bumper to bumper. Now we get to the Butkus residence where we go to the breakfast table and you see kids of many denominate many many different races yeah they have uh white kids black kids asian kids uh latinos um just so many kids uh one of them which looks like i believe he was in billy madison in the third grade in that movie there's eight kids there and she would make nine uh, seven out of these kids are all wearing jumpsuits that look like they're, like, me mechanics or something. Harry Jr. apparently is their, the Buckus's biological child, but, uh, the seven others have all been brought in from different, um, children care centers or adoption centers, orphanage, whatever you want to call them. And apparently, um, Alyssa's new name is gonna be Betty. Like, what's with all the B names? Bubba Buckkiss, Billy, Alyssa says, I'm not Amanda. And they're like, oh, we know that. And you'll never have to be Amanda again because now you are little Betty Buckkiss. Like, okay, kids, scoot over and give Betty some Cocoa Puffs. So yeah, they're going to put her right to work. Like, oh, after breakfast, we're going to take you down and see where Daddy works. <laughs> but now we're going to cut to Manhattan where the wedding is taking place. So, Alyssa calls Amanda, lets her know the situation, that apparently Amanda has been adopted, she's now deemed Betty Buttkiss, and it turns out Amanda's got bad news for Alyssa, says Clarice moved up the wedding, the wedding is going to take place in two hours and twelve minutes, you need to get your butt here one way or another, it's like, crap, and the phone cuts out, because... The Buckkiss's biological son is like, Oh, new kids don't get to use the phone. Ah, they don't get to use the phone. No phone calls. So Amanda goes to Vincenzo and says, Hey, you've been taking care of Alyssa all her life. And he's like, Oh, no, not this again. It's like, answer the question. He's like, yes. So she's like, okay, so you would know if she had any bumps, scars, scratches, any other type of bodily things. And he's like, yeah. So she starts showing him where, like, she cut her foot on a glass while she was running barefoot. And also a um, firecracker or something that had left a scar just below her hairline at the back of her neck. And, of course, this is how he kind of realizes, like, you're really not Alyssa. It's like, duh. The fact that it took you the whole movie to realize this. Come on, Vincenzo. 
I'm expecting this from uh, Roger, but not you. Yeah, she's like, you know every freckle, every bruise, every scar, but you don't know this one as she lifts up her knee. Yeah, apparently it was a broken bottle as she slid into home playing baseball, and she lifts up her foot. Oh, this one here is from when I stepped on a rusty nail. Ugh. So, the one behind her head, actually, just below her hairline, is from a Roman candle last 4th of July. And that's what takes to convince him that she's not Alyssa. Like, no, I'm Amanda. Put her there, she sticks out her hand. Like, we gotta get the real Alyssa out of a sticky situation. She's been adopted by the butt kisses. So, Vincenzo wants to tell her father about this issue with a mix of identical strangers. And she's like, no, you can't do that because he's just going to see Diane once and then sparks will fly and then we'll finally be rid of Clarice, who comes and like, where the heck is everybody? Vincenzo! Well, she doesn't say heck, but uh, yeah. He's like, I sure hope you got a plan. Like, yeah, I do. So Vincenzo goes to the Children's Center in New York, Manhattan, and... Says, hey, I am... She, Diane recognizes Vincenzo. And he's like, hey, I hear you have Roger Calloway's daughter, Alyssa. And, of course, Diane's like, I don't know Alyssa. Never seen her before. And he's like, no, no, no. See? That photo you're staring at of you and... That's Alyssa. And, of course, Diane's like, no, this is a little girl named Amanda. And Vincenzo pulls out the picture of the... Um, engagement party of Amanda as Eliza playing on the piano. It was like, they're identical twins. Well, they're not twins, but they're, like, identical strangers. So, Vincenzo kind of says, hey, if you get Alyssa back, there will be no legal entanglements. And Diane says, well, I can't because she's not with me. She's been adopted. And Vincenzo says, well, you better unadopt her. And he, um, Mr. Kellogg is getting married in 90 minutes. He wants his daughter, his real daughter, to be there. And she's like, I can't even get to Staten Island and back in 90 minutes. He's like, well, let me suggest that you do so very, very fast. And if you run into any issues, here's a number. Ask for Lou. So, Alyssa is just refusing to work. And biological butt kiss kid gets his father, and says, Betty is refusing to work. You see kids handling heavy machinery and, you know, uh, saws and other things like that. It's like, these kids should not be doing that. <laughs> of course, biological butt kiss is all like, hey, look at this mess, clean it up. And Alyssa's like, you clean it. And of course, Mr. Butt kiss is like, hey, Betty, be careful, he's management. And she's all threatening him, saying, my father is Roger Calloway. And when he finds out what you're doing here, he's going to buy this whole town and kick you out of it. And he's like, uh-huh, if you're Roger Calloway's daughter, then why aren't you at his wedding? Uh-huh. Of course, what can Alyssa say to that? So we go inside the church, and Roger is reminiscing about his time with Diane. and just talking about the home run type of romance connection that he's feeling with her. The shoot for the stars, over the fence, 
world candy can't sleep where series kind of love so i guess he and diane kind of go by that same philosophy as he's looking at the ring he's going to be giving his wife clarice in just minutes diane reaches the butt kiss regis residence clearly she's slamming on the door nobody's home but the neighbor's home and he gives a little insight into the butt kiss family tree with all these children the Buckus's neighbor is the nicest man, as he lets Diane know that Harry's at the salvage yard with the kids, works those kids to the bone, that's why he's got so many of them, and of course the Jeep backfires, so she's like, hey, can I use your phone? And he's like, yeah, no charge, don't worry about it, because she's got to call Lou to uh, get over to that salvage yard, she is running out of time. So the Buckus children are just pieces of girl. I mean, I feel bad for the kids. Not the biological one, but the others. They're like, oh my gosh, we got you this tin can crown and this toilet plunger scepter and this, like, robe blanket that we found. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we see Clarice's father has got a Valium from somebody because clearly... <laughs> Clarice needs a Valium, <laughs> big time. Oh, I'm sorry, it's a Prozac, not a Valium. Maybe she should have a Valium as well as a Prozac. So basically, he's probably saying a good portion of Manhattan are all heavily medicated to get through life. And every day, I don't know. And she's like, but it's taking so long. Ah. Her father's all like, oh, Clarice, you should be happy. This is the happiest day of your life. She's like, see, this is me, happy, 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 happy. Let's get this show on the road. Like, dang, girl. So, poor Alyssa's sitting on a toilet throne with a toilet plunger, a tin can crown, and a blanket for a robe. We're like, oh, hail Queen Betty. It's like, I am Alyssa Calloway. And of course, Harry's like, oh, yeah, and then Princess Di. Shut your mouth. I'll slap you. How dare you? You can see why they cut the Princess Di line, especially from that doink's mouth. Ugh. How dare you even utter her name? You don't deserve to. Alright, and you see a, see a helicopter with Callaway Cellular on it. They're there to take Alyssa. So Diane gets to Alyssa, like, we gotta get you to that church. And of course, Harry's like, hey, that's my kid, where are you going? And of course, Diane's like, I would love nothing more than them to kill you. But before that, I will turn you over to child services. Yes! Yes. So of course the bridesmaids are like, Alyssa, start moving down the aisle. And of course Clarice is like, hey, get moving. And I love Alyssa's like, I'm having a sweet freaking time. And she like takes like a couple steps, puts down a pedal, takes a few more steps, puts down like like on purpose taking her sweet time. So Alyssa's telling Diane they only have ten minutes before that wedding starts. So Diane's like, Lou, um, how close can you land to the church? He's like, Hey, is Central Park alright? She's like, Central Park, the Central Park? Yeah, sure, that'll be fine. They go back to the church, and of course, Clarice is now walking down the aisle with her father. And of course, he's got to say something like, who would have thought my firstborn would be the little girl, would be the last to get married? And she's like, enough of this. She's dragging her father down the aisle. Like, like, 
is rushing down the aisle. I can't believe Roger doesn't have the guts to just say, I don't want to be with you. He's like pretty much signing up for a life that I hope that he had her sign a prenup because, <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't and she leaves him or he divorces her, she would get half of everything. Or take him for everything. And we don't want that for him. She's dragging her father, who luckily does not, like, fall. And you just see the pastor who's going to marry. Like, oh my god. He is, like, frightened. Like, oh, this lady makes me nervous. So, the um, preacher is going through. Like, oh, we joined uh, Clarice and Roger. And Roger, who, I don't know where his head is. Been, like, what? I'm getting married right now? Huh? Like, dude, wake up. It's your wedding day. You wanted this, remember? I mean, this is the lady you chose over Diane. You could have had Diane. She would have been great. But no, you chose this train wreck of a mess of a human being. So Alyssa's leading her to this horse-drawn carriage. And of course, Diana's like, I'm not getting in that horse carriage. I don't want to have anything to do with the horse again. And she's even saying, I'm not going in the church. I'm not going in the church. Yeah, she doesn't want to disrupt the wedding. So. <sighs> the fact that he's the pastor is all like, for Richard, for horse, sickness, and health. She's like, I do, I do, I really do. Not him. And he's just, Roger's looking at her like, what in the world even is the... I think maybe eventually he may come to his senses. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. The fact that he's even gotten this far in the ceremony, it's like, dude, you need to pump those brakes. You should have pumped them a long time ago. So the preacher is asking Roger, do you take this woman for as long as you live, for Richard Rapport, sickness and health and all that stuff? And she, he turns, he looks at her, and of course Clarice has got, like, lip, lipstick on her teeth, and it's just like, ugh. Okay, that's a big, uh, no, I don't. Excuse me. Let me break your thing here. If you touch that child, I'll pop you. So help me God. Yes. 
Roger just keeps stopping at I, I, and then we get a flashback of the moments with him and Diane, from him hitting his head on the horse, her taking care of him, them jumping into the lake together. That's pretty much it. And then he just realizes, like, I'm sorry, Clarice, I can't. And she's like, what? It's like, I'm in love with someone else, as he sees Diane. And, of course, I love um, Alyssa going, yes! <laughs> and Clarice does what any jilted bride would do, bride-to-be would do, would probably be slap the groom across the face. I've never been more insulted in my life. <laughs> and, of course, she turns on who she thinks is Alyssa. Like, this is all your fault. She raises her hand to hit her. Hello, you're in front of all these people. And you're making a scene. Not to mention, you're going to hit someone's kid. You don't think there's going to be consequences? Vincenzo gets right in there, grabs her by the wrist. Like, you hit that child, I swear I will pop you one. Like, I would pop her one. Twice. One for each kid. <laughs> so, she's like, running down the aisle, just in a huff. Of course, she sees... Alyssa, the actual Alyssa pop out and she's like looking back at her and who she thinks is Alyssa like there's two of them oh at least I'll be able to hit one of you and she goes to smack the real Alyssa and Diane's like back off Barbie oh by the way you have a little mm, something right here between on your teeth and she's I've never been more humiliated in my life and she turns to run out of the church and of course Alyssa's like wanna bet steps on the train of her dress, which rips off so easily. And nice undies, Clarice. <laughs> goes, oh my God! And she runs out of the church. And everyone is, the whole church is laughing because it's so funny. 
I love how the pa- the priest just tosses the prayer book like, okay, I'm done with this. Bye. I'm gonna go <laughs> somewhere else. I'm no longer needed. I still get paid, right? <laughs> so Ali- uh, Amanda throws a bouquet like, it's about time you showed up. And Alyssa's like, hey, we got here as fast as we could. Meanwhile, Roger's looking at this like, what? Who is this other kid? Like, who are you? Like, okay, if you're my daughter, then who are you? And Amanda's like, Amanda, put her there. I'm with her as she thumbs to Diane. <laughs> so Roger takes Alyssa and Amanda outside. They find Diane sitting on the steps. And he's like, hey, I gotta thank you for saving my life. And Diane's like, oh, I just, I didn't want the wrong girl to go down the aisle. I mean the wrong flower girl. And Roger's like, I think you had it right the first time. And Alyssa's like, told ya, third time's a charm. Oh, that's right, because they tried with the whole horse thing. They tried with the whole lake food fight thing, and neither of the things worked. But this is the one that worked out. So of course, Roger's like, oh, so all of this was your doing. And they're nodding. And Diane's like, oh, it was, was it? And the two gr- the girls are nodding. And Roger's like, well, what do you have to say for yourselves? And they're like... So kiss already. It's like we went to all this trouble to get you two together finally. At least owe us, yeah, at least owe us a kiss. So they kiss and they share the same baseball analogy. <laughs> Turns out the guy whose horse and buggy that Diane and Alyssa stole is coming to collect. And Roger's like, you know what? Ask that man if he's willing to sell. I don't care what it costs because that horse deserves a house in the country. I loved when Alyssa and Amanda are like, put her there, sister. And they slap high five. That's cool. And it's like, all right, girls, tell us a whole story. And it's like, all right, driver, once we're on the park. And, of course, it's Vincenzo. He took the guy's hat, too. And that's the movie. Such a good movie. I just, I loved rewatching this again. Oh, you did go out of your way. It was her idea. 
Vincenzo, I'd like you to ask that nice gentleman if he'd sell. I don't care what it costs. That horse deserves a house in the country. Oh, uh, I trust we can make uh, some kind of arrangement. Oh, girls, what do you say we do a little sightseeing? And then you girls can tell us the whole story. Driver, once around the park, if you please. It'll be my pleasure, boss. <laughs> That was the review. Like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a fun time covering it in honor of the Olsen twins' birthday, Mary-Kate and Ashley. So have a great week. Bye-bye.